Burley Church, <laughs> Burley Church Online, from wherever you're watching. Um, yeah, the um, we're getting closer to meeting together. And so, I, um, yeah, again, just praying um, and uh, really looking for prayer requests. We want to hear what's going on. We want to share and do life with you. Uh, this technology has been phenomenal. The people we've been connecting with, um, and we want to continue to connect in this way, but we're also excited to gather with that uh, two or three or more. <laughs> and the, and there's something different. There's something something very special about gathering in person. And so we're excited for that as well. But we're going to continue off last week into a new series. Um, but first, I want to show you a little bit of a clip you might be familiar with. We know they'll cease to grow. In fact, they'll soon be dead. Oh, and yet we go ahead, painting the roses red. Painting the roses red, we're painting the roses red. Oh, pardon me, but Mr. Three, why must you paint them red? Huh? Oh! Well, the fact is, miss, we planted the white roses by mistake. And the queen, she likes them red. If she's so white instead, she'd raise a fuss. And each of us would quickly lose his head. Goodness. Since this is a fun we dread, we painted the roses red. We'll come back to that talk about that in a moment, but let's uh, read the passage we'll be looking at over the next few weeks. It comes from Galatians 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that is that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, and who would be justified by the law? You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith. We ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven, leaven, uh, little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, nor the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, anonymity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalry, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and things like these. 
I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Big passage, and we're going to be unpacking that and what's called the fruit of the Spirit over the next few weeks. Paul highlighting in this passage uh, that works beautifully from last week's sermon. Paul says to everyone that knows Jesus, who accepted, is started to following him, that you're no longer slaves to a system, that you're no longer a slave to the world's little gods, <laughs> to your friend's opinion, to your social media account, to your bank balance. Your eternal destiny is safe. It's made whole and you are now, you now have communion with the Father through Jesus. Great, you're free. But what do you do with that freedom? Do you use that freedom? as some people hear that Paul was addressing, go straight back to the trappings, (laughs) straight back to greed, lust, envy, jealousy. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, all these things. Isn't that an interesting list? All these things are really easy to do. They take no effort, what I mean. You don't have to work to try to be jealous. You just let it be. You don't have to do works to get fits of anger. You just lose control. But isn't it funny that all these things, it doesn't take much work to give in to drunkenness. All these things, funny enough, can are easy to do, but can occupy and entrap you within moments. All have addictive elements of them, elements that are easy things to do, but will take you on a fleshly different path of destruction. Anyone can get angry. Any person can get jealous. Anyone can get competitive. It's real basic. It's real flesh stuff. So you can do that with your freedom. Or the other option Paul wants to let you know is you can dig deep wells. Here's a picture on the screen that if you didn't listen to last week, that's okay, but you won't have any idea what I'm talking about. I encourage you to go back on this same channel and have a look. But if you were with us last week, you'll know that means that we can dig deep. With this freedom, we can grow in the Spirit. As Romans 12, 2 says, we can allow it to transform our mind. Every day, walk the narrow path, the deeper, harder path of transformation. What happens if you do this? Well, if you plant an orange seed and you find good soil and you plow the ground and you water it and you give it sunlight, you'll eventually grow an orange tree. And within a couple of moments, within a year, you'll have an orange. Actually, that's not correct. (laughs) It takes almost five to 16 years to grow an orange from a seed. How's this on some of the, because I'm actually not a, despite what, what do I look like? I know nothing about farming oranges or growing oranges, but the on the couple of articles I read about growing oranges, it actually used this language, the tree must mature. How's that? It's a whole thing before you even get an orange. 
How's that for an illustration, church? We walk in the spirit, we plow the ground. I see that as we repent, we, we water with the word, with our community, with prayer, with the spirit. We grow with each other through discipleship. And eventually, eventually we start to produce fruit. Spiritual fruit, such as it mentions love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How's that? This is a real trap, I reckon, sometimes. How often do we forget that this is a process? How often do you give yourself a really hard time because you forget it's a process? How often do we give others a hard time? We go, oh, gee, they shouldn't be doing that as a Christian. (laughs) But they're just learning. They're trying. They're growing. They're an orange tree. They're just a sprout. They're just a seed. I don't know about you, but I've certainly read or heard sermons in the past. um, And let's say the sermon was, be more loving. Here's how it's worked for me in the past. I do a quick Oh, no, (laughs) I need to love people more. So I quickly go on my way home. I buy my wife flowers and I tell my kids I love them. And for about 3.5 seconds, I produce love. Like the card we saw in the clip, quickly painting the roses red. Or quickly maybe thinking, quick, I need an orange and stopping by the 7-Eleven. And I've used this analogy before, but picking out a fresh uh, sugary Fanta and sculling that down, pretending that that's the same as orange juice. It just doesn't work. Spiritual fruit is about digging and growing deeper. You can't fake it or you'll burn yourself out. The color will run from the roses. The artificial sugar won't actually uh, sustain you. You need to produce real fruit. And when you produce the real, the real thing, people are drawn to it. So that's kind of a long intro to the series we're going to explore. The fruit, but not just the fruit, the practice, the way in which we can produce such deep work. How can we grow deep? So our first fruit today, we're going to have a look at this fruit of love. How do we dig deep and produce love? Love. How does one grow a love tree? (laughs) How does one grow this fruit of love? Well, the key is in the name. The key is in the word. Because, uh, look, we don't have a very complex language in the West. (laughs) It's English. Well, we do, but it has some less complexities. In the Greek, um, they would actually, for this word love, they actually had five different words for the word love in the Greek, in the Bible. So you can actually go back and find the Greek manuscripts. And every time it says love, it could mean a different type of love, five different types. Not going to go through all types today. I just want to talk about the love that is used in Galatians 5. That word in the Greek is agape which in definition means gift love. It's a generous love. It's an unconditional love. Interesting enough, this love is also used in this same word is used in Jesus' two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor, which Paul repeats in Galatians 5.12, love each of your neighbors as yourself or love your neighbor as yourself. It's agape love, agape love. This love is clearly a love that is given 
It's sometimes even undeserved by the person receiving it. It's a love with no conditions. It's a love shown by God. In Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrated his own agape love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we're undeserving, while we're still rotten, while we weren't worth saving really, Christ died for us because he loves us. Agape loves us. So right here, if you process that we're meant to produce this type of love, you probably will see a problem. Because if you're giving love away with no conditions, I don't know about you, but you're going to run out. I seriously would struggle to love someone that turned around and actually spat it back in my face. I would eventually feel like I ran out of love if someone was abusing me or treating me poorly. I'd sort of go, oh, I've got no more love to give to you. Side note. (laughs) Loving someone is not putting up with abuse, though. You can supernaturally love someone, and we're going to go into how to do that. But I'm not saying that you need to, if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're putting up with physical or all types of abuse, if, if you're not working on that or working out ways to feel safe, yeah, sticking it, sticking it out isn't love. If that person is unwilling to work on it in a friendship or whatever relationship that is, then you can still love them but not allow yourself to get abused. So I just want to be clear on that. Unconditional love is not, it is that whole forgiving but not forgetting, not not um, allowing them to, yeah, do it again to you, to hurt you. So I just want to be clear, especially on the Gold Coast where domestic violence is a real issue, unconditional love is just not sticking it out and letting them do what they want. You can still love someone. In fact, some of the deepest ways you can love someone is to make sure they get the right help and are not able to do that to you again. So please, side note, I know, but it's really important to say. But I'll move back to my main point and that, that this love feels impossible. It's a type of love that means if I just go, go do that, church, you'll leave today, you'll paint some roses red, (laughs) and you may run out of love after one day. So that's not my invitation. I'm not going to ask us to be more loving today. My invitation today is to grow deeper. It's to receive more of God's love or receive God's love more often. Do you know no matter what your parents said or did, no matter what your school teachers said or did, no matter what your family said or did or is doing, no matter what your peers say or do, you are loved. To be a Christian means that you have a universal view that at the center of this all, that at the center of the, the, the divine, at the, at the, the middle of the universe is this loving presence. That deep down, God is love and he loves you. Church, know that. Then know it again. Then if you're a follower of Jesus, know it again and receive it again. So good question. I hear you ask, well, how do I receive it? Do we just stand there and go, oh, I'm loved? No. How do you receive it? Second Peter 5 gives us a bit of an instruction map here. 
I'm not going to go too much into this passage, but it does give us a phenomenal way of looking at this. For this very reason, he says, this is Peter, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfast, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or what? Unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord. Peter, 2 Peter 5, go have a look at the whole chapter. He gives us this idea, funny enough, that we can go deeper in this thing and eventually it allows us to be fruitful. If we don't grow, he says we become unfruitful. So just a quick overview of this, but what a great encouragement. He starts off with faith, virtue and knowledge, self-control, steadfast, godliness, brotherly affection, and then love. He actually maps out this process, actually saying exactly what we've been saying. It's got to be a process of growing deeper. So if you want to receive God's love even more, you need to read the scriptures. You need to read his promises. It starts with faith. Virtue and knowledge, you need to know how to truth and practice. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You need to know it and live in it. Communion. This is why I love the practice of communion. Hopefully you've had it today with those around you or over the phone or through Facebook Messenger or however. But hopefully you've taken a moment to realize Christ loves you. He gave his life for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how he proves his love for you. Accept that. Praying each day for a renewed understanding of his love. Waking each day up and thanking him. A bit of grace and gratitude. Praying to him. Thanking him for each meal, what he's provided you with. And when a blessing comes across, and I get it's good and bad days, but when you have a good day, do you thank him? Do you say, I know you love me? And when you have a bad day and you survive it and you're still standing, do you thank him for keeping you still standing? God, I know you love me as many times a day as you can. Because the enemy will tell you as many days as he can that you're not loved. That God doesn't care for you. So you've got to combat that with as many times, with the sword of truth. This will produce self-control and steadfastness, Peter says. And I like this. It says, then you have brotherly affection, almost as if it's saying, yeah, you'll kind of have love, but only for some people. And then lastly, Peter says, the end of this process, the tree in the middle of the orchid, there will be an one single orange that's ripening. You have love. I'm not asking you, church, to produce more love. I'm asking you to receive more love. Plow the ground, dig the soil, dig a deep well, and let it grow in you. And you can't help but produce fruit. Find someone to help you. Do you know? There is a quicker way. There's a shortcut to growing oranges. You graph a younger bit of tree onto an old bit of tree. How's that? It's almost like the young and old can help each other grow fruit faster. It's almost like people can mentor you, spend time with you, talk to you, be honest with you, and help you produce 
this fruit, discipleship. Confession time. Let me just be real honest with you because I, there's no, we're not going to be able to deep, do deep work with each other if we're not actually going to share what's going on. I struggle with this personally. I've known Jesus for a long time. I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for a long time. I grew up in the church. I know a little bit about the Bible. Um, <laughs> I've done some study on it. I do a bit of work with it. I know in theory how much he loves me, but I really struggle to receive that love. I really struggle to know that love in here sometimes. Don't quite know why. I just, I do a lot of thinking up here, but I sometimes really struggle to just know that he loves me, that he likes me, that he wants to do life with me every day. Sometimes I struggle to receive. And what's crazy, if I don't find new, fresh ways to receive God's love, to listen to him, to stop and reflect and think and pray, then I'm going to struggle to have love to give. The tank will become pretty empty for this church, for my family, for my wife, for my kids. If I don't dig deep wells of living water and receive that love, if I don't have a deep practice about receiving daily God's love, understanding that, then it'll dry up pretty quick. <laughs> the fruit won't be produced. Need to have personally, and I hope this encourages you, we need to have processes of receiving that love. So question time for you guys at home as we finish off the first of the fruit, love. In an invitation to receive God's agape, unconditional love, to connect ourselves to the source that will allow us to grow and produce the fruit. Here's three questions. Number one, how can you prepare the soil for God to grow you deeper? How can you prepare the soil for God to grow you deeper? What type of things can you practice, put into place in your daily routine to allow you to receive God's love, to remember God's love? Talk about that in your group. Talk about that over the phone or on Facebook, however you connect. Do that. Number two, who can keep you accountable? Who can help you graft a bit of tree together <laughs> and help you grow? Who can, who can say, hey, you're looking a little flat today. Do you know that we love you and do you know that God loves you? Tell me about it. Who can listen? Who's your small table? Again, who's your small table? Who can keep you accountable? And number three, keeping the last two questions in mind, what does it look like for you to receive God's love more in your life? Number three, keeping the last two questions in mind about growing deeper and being accountable. What does it look like specifically to receive God's love more in your life? I'm really looking forward to this series. It's going to be fun. And I can't wait to see the fruit. <laughs> of what living these deep practices around receiving God's love, around gratitude, what that actually is going to produce in our church in the seasons to come. Let me pray. Father, you're a God of process. You're a God of deep work. We see right through the Bible, whether it's, whether it's wanting to do work with Adam and Eve after they've sinned and wanting to help them move forward and reestablish, whether it's Israel's taking them out of slavery but still needing to process in the desert, 
whether it's work through your people constantly, calling them to a deeper place. Father, whether it's you coming and providing a way back to you. I pray that we can walk this deep path as a church. I pray we can do this deep work as a church. I pray, referencing last week, we can dig deep wells. We can plough the ground and we can make sure these seeds grow healthy trees, Lord. We don't rush the process. But I pray first and foremost this morning for people listening, and I reckon there's a fair few that are maybe like me that struggle to know you love us, Lord. I pray for a fresh understanding from the Spirit this morning or whatever time this is, in understanding that they are loved, that you gave everything to show them that they are loved, that the whole Bible tells of a story of a God trying to reclaim his creation, to free them, to show them they are loved. Father, I pray we can receive that this morning afresh. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.